1: because you are entering the no-wining world of January Jones.
0: Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to get better today. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast, As you can see, I'm working on my new brand, uh, the Rhinestone Granny, but now it's kind of becoming the Glitter Granny. This week, it's a purple hat. And as you can see, I have a lot of hats. So each week, we're going to do a different color. Hats are memorable, or so I'm told. And, you know, a long time ago in vaudeville, They even had a great song that was entitled, Where'd You Get That Hat? (laughs) It's an inspiration for me. But the reality is I love wearing hats because then I don't have to do my hair. (laughs) Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wished you could talk to your pet? Well, if you're like me, I talk to her all the time. I'm not sure she's listening to me sometimes, that's for sure. Would you like to learn more about what it's like to communicate with animals? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to hear from your pet who has died? The pets that we miss. I know I have my pet's picture on the wall and think about her all the time. Do you wish you could meet someone who could help you reach out to the animal world? Are you ready to make some big changes in your life? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones sharing success stories today. Now it's time to rest, relax, go get some cheese and crackers and join me in the no wine zone. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She is an internationally acclaimed animal communicator and author who has been helping animals and their owners all over the planet to coexist in harmony and to communicate. The best way to solve any issues with your pet is to simply have a conversation. And my guest has the unique ability to do so. Her first book, Afterlife of Animals, has been on the top 100 on Amazon since its release in 2020. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show today, Candy Kane Cooper. Hello, Candy. How are you today? Hi, I'm great, January. It's great to be
2: here with you today in the no whining zone. <laughs> I, I, needed, I needed one of the glitter granny hats today. That would have been <laughs> perfect. I'm
0: I'm hoping this hat thing catches on because it certainly is great for any age, especially if you don't want to mess with your hair. Um, I've been looking forward to this show. You know, uh, in this past year, we lost our beloved uh, dog, Zoe, and we had her with us for 12 years, which was too, too short a time. And after we lost her, we just looked at each other and said, oh, we never could go through this kind of pain again. Well, within a month, (laughs) we have our new puppy with us. And uh, our new puppy is quite a communicator, and she talks to us all the time. She makes all sorts of noises, and uh, she definitely seems to be able to communicate. Do you find this true with most animals? Yes, I do, Um, but they all have, you
2: know, their own separate unique personality. Some of them are very outgoing, and some of them are a little more introverted, Uh, you know, when I start a session, and if I'm reading like a whole family of animals, um, there's usually one that busts through right away and says, me first, and uh, 10 times out of 10, the owner says, oh, well, that figures, (laughs) because... They know that particular animal's personality. They're the most boisterous, you know, outgoing, you know. So, yes, yeah.
0: Well, I'm curious to know uh, where your success story began, uh, where you were raised, and who your early mentors were, and especially how you discovered this unique ability to communicate with animals. Well, it
2: all started, I was born this way. And it didn't seem like I was, you know, different, because it was just natural for me to always hear the animals. Uh, I grew up in West Hollywood, California, and I was always bringing animals home. My mom never cared, which was, you know, unique for living in Hollywood. Uh, I ditched school and hitchhiked up to the Hollywood Hills and wash horses just to go riding back in those days, you know, that kind of stuff was normal. And I even had a secret horse that my parents didn't know about, (laughs) they never knew. Uh, But um, the way it all began was as I got a little bit older, then I started to realize that I was very different
0: uh,
2: from other teens my age. And then I just started to kind of go inward and not really talk about it because it was so different.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah.
2: So then as I got older, uh it just it just wouldn't leave me alone. I mean hearing the animals, this, that, and I started um to investigate it with one of my horse trainers, she knew about it, and she said, You really have to, you really have to do something with this and she took me to this group uh session with uh, uh Amelia Kincaid, I think that was her name. Uh, animal communicator. And we sat in a group. And she said, I'm going to bring a dog in with this owner, and I want all of you to write down what you think the dog is saying. And as soon as the dog walked in, he, I heard him say, hi, everybody, my name's Bosco. And so I wrote <laughs> that down and, and asked a few questions, personal questions about the dog that only the owner knew the answers to. And we went around the room, and I was the only one that got everything right. And she said to me, and you're here Why? You have the gift. And I was like, it was kind, I mean, not to send a getchisco, but like, yeah, I
0: know. But okay, yeah, I heard him. Yes. And I thought, okay. this." And now how, how old were you when this event happened? I was not that young. Uh I was uh in my late 30s. Oh, really? Okay. So it was uh, something that you discovered later in life, but you probably always have felt comfortable around animals.
2: Yes. I mean, I always knew it, but you don't go around telling people you hear the animals talk. So yeah. then uh, I was learning hypnotherapy and I was, you know, saying to my uh, mentor, uh, Aaron Nash, uh, this wonderful psychotherapist, am I like schizophrenic? I'm hearing these voices. I'm not yeah. sure. And yeah. he had me do these uh, uh, different types of tests and things. And he said, you want to talk to the animals, just do it. Just do it. And he gave me the confidence, plus my therapist,
0: <laughs> my other therapist. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good plan when doing something.
2: Because I jumped ship, I abandoned my whole life, my whole other career. I had very successful businesses throughout my whole life. Uh-huh. And I said, I'm going to talk
0: to the animals now. Okay. It was a little scary. Well, so, you know, this is something that's been a part of history. And uh, I remember uh, many years ago, the delightful movie, Dr. Doolittle. Yes. And of course, he was busy talking to animals. So there must be a reference to this history of this happening to other people besides you. Is that a possibility?
2: Yes, I would say yes. I mean, people ask me about it, and I say it is exactly like the movie. When I walk in a room, I hear their voice. A lot of communicators go off intuition or body language. I don't ever even look at the animal when I'm communicating with them, mostly because the animals I work with are all over the world. So Uh I just do it remotely over the phone uh, through telepathy. Wow. um, I have met maybe, I'm going to say, two other people in my band here, 65 years old, uh, that I believe uh, do what I do or can receive the animals on that frequency.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very rare. Um, That's why I I wanted to have you on the show, curiously, because I do feel uh, that you can communicate Uh with Spirits, and I recently had a session with a uh, psychic who communicated to some of my relatives who have passed my wow. amazing because she knew things that i don 't know how she knew <laughs> and people say, "Well, how do
2: you know it's real?" and I said, "Well, I know it's real because I have thousands of clients for over twenty some odd years now. Sometimes people will call me seven, ten years later, they remember our session, and they you jump again. So mm-hmm. that, you know, really is validation. When you when you hit it, you hit it,
0: you know. <laughs> you
2: can't be a fake and, and have an actual career. People
0: will like that, yeah. Well, you know, right now we're going to take a break. And okay. this is for people who are, if you are a whiner
1: or if you know
0: someone who is a whiner, This commercial
1: is just for you. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com.
0: Who is not a whiner? She has yes. assured me of that. <laughs> because guess what? She's a real winner. Yes. And Sandy, before we go on with the podcast, could you share with my listeners some information, your contact information, your website, and uh, give your little your book a plug too?
2: Oh, thank you. Yes, the best way to reach me is just directly through my website which is my name, dot cooper.com and you just click on Contact Me, and I will get the information. Um, and you can ask me anything you want. You can book a session, what, whatever's on your mind. Just go ahead and email me, and I will message you back within 24 hours. If your matter's urgent, just put that in your message, because my phone, it's even on right now. It's on 24-7 for emergency calls. Oh, and wow. Never, ever, ever turn it off.
0: Okay, so now that's oh, cool. my, book. my new book, <laughs> The Afterlife of Animals. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Is it in Audible yet? Uh,
2: No, I'm going to, yeah. my next book, I'm going to start writing this winter, and uh-huh. it will be, but it's on Kindle.
0: Oh, but, okay. Yeah. I, wonderful. And we'll be putting that information on the bottom of the screen throughout the show, so if you're listening write it down and this may be something you might want to pursue now when you talk to an animal mm-hmm. <laughs> what do they sound like do they sound like small children or do they sound like wise old souls what yes,
2: and yes. uh and sometimes they have accents it's very it's fascinating and uh, the owners uh always want to Know what the animal sounds like, so right away I tell them. You know, some of them sound like sexy southern. You know, some yeah. of them like young teens, uh, and it also gives me a good insight into the personality. Which you know, you're a people person. You know, hearing yeah. the voice also is an expression of what the soul is about. So mm-hmm. it's a very young dog, but sounds very old. So I like, oh, it's a very wise caretaker type personality or it could be a very, uh, an older animal that's young and spunky. So, Uh all across the board, very different, and uh, language is never a barrier. When it's translated into my mind, it's in English.
0: Okay, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to ask you, because, you know, if you were calling in, I know your, your practice is throughout the world. Yes, and you speak to people everywhere, uh, and so I wondered about that. If someone pulled right. in from Spain, if it would be a Spanish-speaking dog? Yes, yes. <laughs> just a few
2: times I had a I had a Spanish-speaking horse, and I had a, a French-speaking uh, dog, uh-huh. and I do understand a little bit of both of those languages. But as soon as I told them, you know, uh, this is very important, then I was hearing them in English. So that it was worked
0: out. Okay. And, yes. I, and I, I think the message there is that uh, when a communication from the other side comes through, yes. the important thing is that it comes through and it knows how to come through and it comes through in different ways to different people and that is of yes. course the gift that you have. Uh, now are you, do you sometimes spend time With animals who are passing over and leaving, because when our dog was leaving, she would come up to me and look me in the eyes, and she was saying, what is happening? I am frightened. Mm -hmm. She wanted to just, you know, go into my soul to be comforted, and uh, what a wonderful wonderful gift for you to be able to do that i i think i comforted my dog but yeah.
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah. very big part of my practice and since my book's been published even more so now which i love because as i say in my book i think it's the most intimate moment you can spend with your animal is when they transition you spent their whole life with them and why not right up to the the very moment so i do i work with a a vet here in Los Angeles and I make house calls with him as he, you know, does the procedure for home euthanization.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
2: also do it remotely uh, with so many of my clients. They can be, you know, in the hospital with their animal or at home, wherever they are. Uh, and I help them transition in the moment. Mm-hmm. I actually cross over with them and, and let them settle gently and then I come back. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, uh usually I ask my guests how the pandemic has affected their lives and their careers, but obviously from your way of doing things, you were probably ahead of the curve on the pandemic as far as communication.
2: I was it was crazy. I was so booked up uh, the last few years because everybody being home, the only Positive side, I i mean, the pandemic was horrible, of course, but I think it brought a lot of uh, human caretakers closer with their animals and appreciating them because they were home with them, not going to work every day. Yeah. So it was great in that respect. Appreciate and uh, I think they learned a lot, you know, being with them all day long. And then when everybody went back to work uh, this year, then I had to deal with a lot of separation anxiety issues because they got so used to being with their humans they huh? they don't want to be alone yeah yeah,
0: it was really yeah. sweet it's really sweet
2: yeah
0: oh I mean, and that's the wonderful thing about a pet you know they just love being with you and oh. of course you know to experience their unconditional love as such a gift especially for people as we age it's incredible yes. to have that uh, little happy puppy waiting for you every time you walk through the door exactly. um, now what do you do with owners how do you help them get through it and how what do you do with them after their pet has left well i i a lot of them
2: get uh A huge amount of relief Uh, if we when we communicate after the animals crossed over. Sometimes they're carrying guilt for many reasons. Uh You know, maybe they weren't there when the animal crossed. Maybe they feel like they didn't do enough to, you know, keep them alive. Basically, uh, all different issues. You know, didn't spend enough time with you, so they get to talk out all their issues. And the animals never lie. So t- sometimes it can be a bitter pill for them to swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like the cure all, but at least it answers the questions that, you know, are weighing heavy in their heart. But most of the time, it's it's uh, very cathartic for the owners to just know that the animal loves them. They always ask me, did they have a good life? What did they think? You know, or what was their favorite time with me? What was their favorite thing they did here? You know, that kind of stuff.
0: Well, and, yeah. that gives, and that gives them uh, confirmation. Hopefully. Oh, yes,
2: right. Confirmation and a lot of com- comfort knowing that their animal's happy
0: on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is comforting. You yeah. know, um, right now we're going to take a break and okay. hear about some books that I've written. Beautiful. And, uh, my books are... Uh, Who do you think killed Kennedy? Who do you think had the money, the motive, and the means? Hmm.
1: Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering, who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
0: Welcome back with my guest, Candy King Cooper. Now, um, I want to stress, too, for our listeners that you also deal with dogs that are dealing with issues that aren't related to passing over and that a lot of the animals have health issues. Uh, could you share some stories about animals that you have helped to heal?
2: Oh, yes. It's
0: so rewarding.
2: Okay. Uh I, I work with all animals in this area and obviously I'm not a vet, but I can get an insight into any type of physical pain, uh, also emotional, mental, you know, anything that's going on with the animal. So a lot of times the caretaker might be stumped or the vet can't exactly figure out uh, what's going on. And mm-hmm. I was at a session yesterday morning uh with a, a very well-known uh animal trainer and uh vet could not figure out what's going on and right away he you know i feel the pain in my body where they feel it oh okay. it's very easy for me to explain where it is uh of course again technical i'm not a vet but uh, she is a uh, body worker so she's very familiar with all the parts of the bodies the body the meridians all that and she said that's exactly what i thought but the vet kept saying there's no sign of any damage there uh-huh. so she was gonna go have x-rays uh, done in that particular area which they missed and lo and behold that is the area of damage so things like that
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh how would i know i only know because the animal expresses the pain to me and then i feel it they magic you know it's it's give and take it's conversation and again some animals are more in tune with their bodies like we are so the more in tune the animal is the better they make me look
0: <laughs> Now, know uh, just for our listeners you don't just uh treat dogs you treat all different kinds of animals and this ability you have is pretty much like uh Doctor Doolittle, you can uh, talk to all the animals. Yeah, Tell yeah. us uh, about the largest animal that you've communicated with, and then the smallest one. The largest animal that I work with
2: would be a giraffe. Oh, a giraffe that was having some issues with eating, uh-huh. and it turned out that she uh, she's local here, and she had ulcers. Oh, so. They fixed her tummy issues and mm-hmm. no more problem eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Smallest animal I've worked with, let me think, would be, um, wait, not rats. Uh, would it be rats? Uh, well, I work with little, um, uh, not a cricket, but they're um, grasshopper.
1: Oh, Actually,
0: okay. grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, like they, chimney. They, Yeah, Yeah.
2: I think he would be the smallest animal that I worked
0: with. Yes. Well, and uh, share with us some of the most uh, memorable animals that you've had the honor and pleasure of helping. Oh,
2: my goodness. Uh, Well, there's one animal in particular that I've worked with for years. Uh, Well, the human caretaker. I work with all her animals. Uh And. Basically, I work with her almost every day, and I have another client that has an amazing Sphinx cat named Princess Ruru Lake, and she wears all these fantastic outfits, and her human caretaker every week or so sends me pictures Mm -hmm. of all her outfits for the week. Sometimes Uh they go away to their cabin and um, I actually asked her if I could have permission to talk about her today because I thought you might ask me this question. Okay. Uh, so if you're watching, Nevi, we're talking about your girl. Okay. And, um, what I do is I have a little conversation with uh, Princess Ruru about which outfits she wants to wear for the week, and we pick out sweaters, pants, hats, mm-hmm. and she also wears these exotic nail, different colored nail caps, uh-huh. nail polish it's so beautiful and that is really so much fun so much fun and uh, you know then on the other side it uh I work with this other uh, client of mine every almost every single day and it's just been an amazing journey with her for the last seven years uh, she's a, a professional uh uh rider uh, moving up to olympic status and uh-huh. So there's lots of trials and tribulations every day and, you know, with training and our horse's health and this and that. And that's been a great journey with um, Sue. If you're watching, you know, that's you with Sue and
0: all her beautiful equines. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, now when an animal crosses over, mm-hmm. What is it like over there? What is it like for them? Are they in a, I hope they're like in a great big puppy park, because we take our puppy to the park every day so she can play with other animals. What is it like for animals uh, when they cross over, and do they have uh, a separation anxiety the way humans would?
2: It's a great question. Uh, first off, it's extremely beautiful. I pretty much go there. Every day, more or less, I'm sure I get a reading, you know, where I'm on the other side.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: the colors are brilliant and bright. It's gorgeous. Sometimes the animals are, you know, in the mountains, at the lake. Uh, sometimes they're out in the atmosphere, flying around. It's just at uh, the desert. Mm-hmm. It's all in nature and beautiful. And they're all very happy when they get there because they all know about it. And it's just an extension of their energy. Um, Do they miss us that much? I have to say not really. Um, (laughs) And that can be a little disappointing uh, because we miss them in a different way. Uh If it's a larger animal, just the presence, you know, of your large pet not in your home anymore. it's, It's a big hole in your heart. But they're all doing all kinds of different things. So not too often do they miss us that much.
0: Yeah, as I suspected, we probably miss them more than they miss us. Yes. Um, do animals have the ability to give, send messages, uh, to give warnings, or to give, help people with uh, decisions?
2: Yes, uh, a lot of times I'm asked, do they have a special message for me mm-hmm. when we're talking on the other side? And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Uh, but uh, they do make themselves present in our dimension or our reality. A lot of times you might just see them quickly out of the corner of your eye, or you might feel them pressing, you know, up against you or sitting on your lap. One of my clients said she was on her computer, she saw for a second her cat run across the computer, and she said, hey, and then <laughs> he jumped on her lap, and she felt the claws in her thighs, which <laughs> is pretty great. Um, a lot of my clients uh, hear their canines barking in the morning when they first wake up.
0: Okay. Uh, all right.
2: <laughs> it's all different, you know, there's many, many, I, in my book, I have a lot of different uh, uh, examples of things that people interpret as uh, messages, which can which can be of feathers. You might find a feather, or you might keep seeing something that relates to your animal while you're driving, or that day over and over
0: again. Uh huh. numbers, things like that. Mhm. It's nice when it's very specific because that really helps it with that. It
2: I have one client. Uh, he's very ill. He was getting he was getting ready to transition. And his wife told me, and I had been working with their uh, cat, another feline, for many years that had just transitioned. Uh And and I hope that, you know, uh, you know, uh, Oscar will be there when I cross over. Uh She said uh, I wasn't there, but she told me afterwards, her husband, right before he passed, sat up in the bed and said, Oscar, I love you, and grabbed him like this, and went back down, and he passed on. Oh, wow. Wow. That was pretty
0: heavy. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Right now, we're going to take a break and hear about two other books I've written, uh, books that are – Some priceless personalities Unforgettable people that we've interviewed And when we come back with Candy I'm going to bring my puppy Ginger Ale In to say hi to Candy Okay Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. Well, hello. Oh. <laughs> Hi, beautiful. I'd like you to meet Ginger Ale. <laughs> Hi, um, Ginger. Oh, she's looking right at you. <laughs> she's 11 months old, and, oh, she has, made, she has brought joy into our lives and made us smile again, which is probably... Puppies and dogs, animals, that's their biggest mission in life, don't you think, is to help us? Oh, yes, absolutely. I love
2: my job. I mean, every day I'm so fulfilled. I just, I'm a happy girl. I'm happy girl working with the animals every day. They're so beautiful, each and every one of them.
0: Well, that makes you a priceless personality, too. And now, when we reincarnate, do People come back as animals or do animals come back as people? And how does that go?
2: Well, I've been asked that question a lot of times because people feel that they're like you. Maybe your new pet has, you know, same personality or traits as their other uh, pet that has crossed over. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have not really ever met a reincarnated animal. Oh, okay. Well, I can't say that it's not. Uh-huh right now I don't know I don't know everything about the afterlife but personally uh, the only thing that I came close to experiencing that was I had a vision of um many years ago of a horse that was actually a shumash Indian chief oh uh-huh. in, living in my neighborhood in my I live up in Chatsworth here, and it's all Shumash country uh-huh. but that's Let's that like come ever to like a reincarnation type scenario? So mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I would think they're, in general, uh, in my opinion, so highly evolved that I think they probably, hopefully, come back as uh, people who can who can make a difference and people who work for animal rights and yeah. Animal activists. Yes. I can imagine that would be uh, enticing. Uh, yes. These highly evolved spirits to come back and uh, be with us and help us and help help other animals. I think that would be wonderful. That would be
2: wonderful. Yes, I'm. Well, I'm vegan. Of course, I would never eat my clients. That's. horrible thing of course and I'm an animal activist as well but my clients always say to me you know my dog or my animal uh, you know is so spoiled when I come back I want to come back as him (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, Yeah, okay
2: um I hope it's true I just haven't met one yet like I said maybe I will
0: Mm-hmm. That, yeah, keep me yeah. in the loop if that happens. Because I will. I definitely want to have an interview about that. Okay. Now, you're doing sessions. What is the most uh, stressful session that you do with animals?
2: My most stressful session, I do a lot of runaways. And I, it involves all kinds of animals, you know, birds, <laughs> dogs, cats, squirrels. I mean, you name it. I, tr- I track it. And um, the stressful part for me is the human caretaker.
0: Oh, wow. uh, animal. Oh, maybe you have to talk. <laughs> okay. Oh, just one second. Ginger still <laughs> Talk about communicating. Let me close yes. this. Okay. <laughs> I think it's I probably tell
2: you, uh she did say one thing to me when you put her on the camera for a minute there. And oh, she might but she said she would like to have some fish, like tuna or fish. I don't
0: know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, her wish is my command. <laughs> Give her a little tuna and see what that's what I was tasting. So, and, you know, it's funny because I've been trying different things with her: chicken, and, oh. beef, and I've been oh. trying. I even gave her some uh, turkey ham. Oh, okay. To see I if do she that likes.
2: and let me know because she's craving that. I don't know.
0: Okay, well, and I'm a big tuna fish eater too, so oh, we'll put that together. <laughs> no
2: um, color she said is purple. Our favorite color is purple which you
0: are okay. wearing today mm-hmm. oh, wow wow that's interesting i'll have to get her a purple a bandana for sure that'd be great uh, <laughs> she's i think we're having a uh, a UPS delivery at the door. I so
2: that's okay. <laughs> not quite mastered
0: that. Uh, my
2: animals are always barking in my sessions. It's no big deal.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, it's wonderful of all those sessions for her to interrupt. This is a good of one. Of course.
2: <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, that's very stressful when I'm working with a runaway because the human is very anxious, and their anxiety is not very helpful. Because Uh the animal is in distress, so they're kind of in survival mode, but it is so rewarding, you know, when we have success Uh and I get the animal back. I I had one animal that was uh, going blind and deaf
1: and Uh I was like, oh my
2: goodness, but it didn't really matter because I'm communicating through my mind Uh and we got her back. Oh, my goodness, she has referred me <laughs> to so many of her fr- It's been wonderful because, you know, that was kind of a miracle. I wasn't really sure I was going to be able to get her back, but we did. The same day we got her back.
0: Oh, wonderful. Uh, I would imagine it must be so stressful for you when you would go into an animal shelter or if you were exposed to uh, large groups of animals that are in stress. What do you do uh, for yourself? How do you just dress yourself? And, mm-hmm. and also, how many animals do you actually have yourself? Well, I used to have a big animal rescue. Oh.
2: It's uh, a nonprofit. I started in 2009. Uh-huh. And we rescued and rehomed over 600 uh, large animals. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh not too many dogs, cats, but I did large animals, mm-hmm. uh, oats, sheep, cows, that kind of stuff. And I did have to give it up because it was just too much. It was breaking my heart um, and just focus on this work, my, my one-on-one communication work. Um, but I do a lot of meditation every morning before I get out of bed and mm-hmm. every night. And for a few minutes before I start each session. Okay,
0: good. And that keeps me balanced and a very good therapist.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) I have a question as we're coming to the end of the show. I have a question I always ask all my guests. And that would be if you could choose uh, someone, now person or animal, living or dead, and who would you choose to have dinner with? Uh, Besides me, of course, who would you choose to have dinner with and communicate with?
2: An amazing question. And um, who would I want to have dinner with? Living or dead?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. I would say uh, our ex-president Obama. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, he had two beautiful dogs in the White House with him. He did. He
2: did. He did. He did. He I'm mm-hmm. um, related to animals, but just I, uh, well, actually him or Martin Luther King.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You're the first one to say they would like to have dinner with him. Most of the other people who have talked about the Obama said they want to have dinner with Michelle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think probably Martin Luther King because I idolized him growing up. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that he helped to give me the open heart that I still have now for humanity and all living, all living sentient beings.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was
2: kind of my idol growing up.
0: hmm. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! And um, there's so many uh, other questions I could ask you. I hope that you'll come back again, and I want to give that. another plug to your fantastic book, The Apple. After- I want to
2: read your books. Those look
0: fantastic. <laughs> and, and you know, all of my books are now going on Audible, so I can hear. Oh, care. wonderful! Are, are you uh, narrating or? Uh, I narrated one book, and then the others have been professionally done. Nice. Uh and it's been fun because it seems like it's a pretty big trend these days. Because yeah. people are in the cars listening to their uh, Audible, mm-hmm. the and it's uh, mm-hmm. and I've started to add myself to doing that. <laughs> That's
2: great! Congratulations to you as well.
0: Well, for now, we'd like to thank you so much for being with us. And be sure to go to candycanecooper.com. And we put that right on the screen right now as I'm plugging it. Here's my book. (laughs) So for now, thank you so much for entering the no wine zone with us, Candy, and for sharing your amazing experience with animals that we all love so much. So now for all of my listeners, it's time to be sure that you stop whining and then you need to start smiling and if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate.
2: <laughs> lots
0: and lots of chocolate. And I have to go because I have to get ginger ale's dinner ready tonight. And guess what? We'll be having tuna fish. <laughs>
2: <Beautiful>. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure being with you. I really enjoy our time together
0: today. Oh, this was fun. And now from the uh, glitter granny.